waffles, orange juice, Vegemite on toast. I don't smell any of that. Yeah, but I thought this was like the breakfast show. It's a show at breakfast time. We do quizzes, interviews, good news and current events. Look, Blake, I know that you're new here, but we're trying to feed people spiritual food, not physical food. Oh, okay. I can do that. So do you think you can do the intro now? Tune in every weekday morning right here on Faith FM for the new Breakfast Combo with Blake and Lawson. Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 here with The Breakfast Show. You might be on the internet, might be listening on the phone, you might be listening sitting under a tree or in Antarctica. If you're listening in Antarctica, <laughs> please find a way to contact us. At, Send us a smoke signal. <laughs> so, do something. But you are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, joined by myself, Lawson, and my amazing Temporary co-hosts, Robbie. Robbie Robbie Bergen. That's me. Hey, Robbie, how you doing, bro? Man, I am getting burnt out. (laughs) It's Thursday. It was a struggle to get out of bed this morning. I'm like, I'm I'm feeling it. I feel you. I 100%. I had a nap yesterday, which was incredibly helpful. But then that nap was followed by the great privilege to come in and to produce the Looking Up show yesterday, which was... Is that why you're super pumped when you walked in? Yeah, well... Because I was doing the show here and you're walking in and you're like, whoa, I'm like, man, this guy's has so much energy. I feel like I'm about yeah. to die. Oh, man, we were so excited. And then we the power dropped out like three times towards the end of the show. And luckily, I think Herb got to finish his main story and make his main point. We had Herb Larson on the on the, the Looking Up show with Danny and Teresa last night. But uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting times. Do you know why the power went out? I, I, I went on to find out. You told me, I think. <laughs> the kitchen in the, on the campground here was using some heavy-duty equipment mm-hmm. and it Tripped the, trip the power. Tripped the power for the office and took out the studio. Like three studio. times. It was, yeah. it was it was it was crazy. But hey, we, we got some good content there. And I know some listeners won some prizes as well. But uh hey, we're gonna, we're gonna be giving away some prizes. I, I have probably the first time ever on Faith FM we're gonna give away this particular item. Wow. I think wow. it's the first time. Yeah. So, guys, get ready. Have your listening ears on. That's a phrase that I've learned working with six and seven year olds over the camp. <laughs> guys, put your listening ears on here. Listen out for uh, for these amazing prizes and the clues to get it. Coming up in the breakfast show today, we are going to be talking about some some comments that have been made comparing Christianity to the Taliban. Really? And uh, making making the case that... Is it a contrast or a comparison? It is a comparison. I would like to understand that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. That was Summer Brook and Mountain Faith with I'm on the Battlefield. That was a yee-haw song. That was a yee-haw song. We've been saying, <laughs> as, as Shell has been away, not producing, we've been saying, oh, that's a Shell song. That's a Shell song. song. Like, absolutely. Is that, is that Bluegrass? Yeah, that would, that would be considered bluegrass, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Banjo. Well, because it's bluegrass is basically country music, but you strip back the drums and you, you're a little bit. I, I wouldn't say you'd have to be up tempo, but it's just, it's got a, a little bit of a thinner, lighter sound to it. It's like Shell's favorite genre of music. 
I can tell. By far. She she tell. is so into it. And if you're into it, hey, let us know. Recommend some songs, guys. Give What's us our some number? Requests. 0491-064-669. Her number. No, no, no. Our, our number. number. I, was like, I was like, oh, we're going to get the listeners to just text <laughs> her directly. Hey, but 0491-064-669 is the number to call. And or let us know text. if you're listening from Antarctica. Yeah, Antarctica or from the United States. Or someone asked me yesterday whether I was from the country and I was a cowboy. Like they, they had I somehow see you rocking the cowboy they, outfit. They somehow gained, like came to the place where they had this impression of me that I was like that, and I'm like, it's because you have bluegrass music I, on the show. I, I am from Newcastle. <laughs> like I am well and truly a Novocastrian, a, a city slicker, but also like growing up on the lake there, like yeah. a, like a lake kid, but. <laughs> Not from the country. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we are going to have our first clue for the quiz this morning. Let's tell you what you're going to get today. You're going to mm-hmm. go into the draw. We've got five questions throughout the course of the day. Every answer you get right, you get an extra draw onto the wheel. Mm-hmm. Not a wheel, the wheel that we will spin at the end of the show. And if you are the lucky winner, you will get... This is the first time ever I think we've done this on Faith FM, is that we are giving away something that we call a Faith FM mission mug Mm. and what this is it's a basically a mug but it has an amazing technology built onto the side of it it's called a qr code do you know what a qr code is yeah the thing you scan the thing that the australian government taught every person in this country how to use so that's we, so funny because QR codes existed forever. I know, right? Like for so long. We, I, had a, I had a QR scanner on my phone and I'm like, oh, I can scan QR codes. Like this is in 2014. And no one used them. No one used it. We lived in Taiwan back in 2006, 2007, and everyone was using QR codes in Taiwan. Really? You, there were shops, like little mini marts, where you would buy with no prices, just QR codes. Wow. Back then. Le- yeah. Legitimately ahead of the pack. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. That's like, amazing. Like, what's that? Only like fifteen years ahead. Yeah. Anyway, so on the mug, if you scan the mug with your phone, you give the mug to some friend or leave it at your workplace. Someone scans the mug, it listens, it opens up Faith FM on the phone, and you can listen to Faith FM live. So it's a really mm. cool mug. Okay, if you want to get this mug, here's the first uh, question for the day. Here's the question: It is, what city mentioned in the Book of Revelation is also the name of an American city? So mm. it's a name of an American city, but it's also in the book Revelation. If you know the answer to that, you can text it through 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Mm. Absolutely. Give us a call. Do you know the answer? Repeat the question. You weren't even listening I, to me. I'm, I'm getting ready. He has a mug. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. I already have a mug. What's the city mentioned in the book Revelation that's also the name of an American city? Oh, I know. Easy. Come right? on. So easy. Come on. We're okay, just, I'm going to give you a clue. I'm we just want to give clue. stuff away on the show. I'm going to give you a clue because I know we have some sports fans. Uh, shout out the Eagles. Oh, uh, that was a big clue. That's a pretty big clue. Yeah. Hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Kathleen has already sent us through the answer. Like she nailed it before before I said anything about the Eagles. Good so job. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. All right, I'm listening. I'm engaged. I was, I was just looking up some stuff about the Taliban because I'm going to talk about them in a second. But uh, what is happening in the world of oh. positively different news? So I've got three stories. Once again, we'll see if we can get through these in the time I've got. Um, the first one, this is interesting, and it, it's um, anyway. I'll read you the title. Mm-hmm. It says "much less stressful," mm-hmm. 
and it's in the context of an airport in London, City, London City Airport. They have now announced that they are ending all the rules regarding carry-on restrictions mm-hmm. for liquids and for laptops Whoa. and all that stuff. So you can get on any old plane there in London without having to take out your 100 mils and whatever they have over there and getting rid of it. And so people are so confused. They walk up to the scanners, as the article talks about, and it's, they're asking for plastic bags to put their you know, 100 mils of liquid in. And they're like, you don't need to do that anymore. Congratulations. You can just walk straight through. Wow. Now, they're getting 30% more people going through the gate per hour because they got rid of the rule, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds super exciting uh-huh. until you read the detail. Okay, what's the detail? They have changed the technology in the scanners mm-hmm. so that now every single piece of luggage that goes through, you know, we have the, like, the x-ray machine. Yeah, yeah. They're not x-ray machines anymore. Uh-huh. They are 3D mapping scanners uh-huh. that scan the inside of your bags and create 3D topical maps so that the operators can see, oh, that's water. Oh, that's this. And it's got like sensors and stuff built into it. Uh-huh. And so this is the first airport in London that has rolled out this technology so that you can conveniently just go straight through without opening your bag, taking laptops out, batteries, all that mm-hmm. stuff, straight through. But they're scanning everything inside your bag in 3D sort of dimensions and things. Yeah, like they know. So there's a bit of a trade-off there. Yeah. Now, what's interesting in the article, so this is London, they said, oh, the passengers are going, this is amazing, it's phenomenal. And then they say there, oh, and by the way, the rest of the world is working on rolling this out in the next year. And mm-hmm. one of the countries mentioned is Australia. Oh, of course. Um, I, in fact, I was in Sydney, domestic airport, uh, probably two or, three weeks, mm-hmm. two or three weeks ago, and there is one lane that has the scanner in it, and I've been through it, and they, they tell you, put your, put your liquids back in your thing, put your um, computers back in your bag, and just go straight through. I, I don't know. If it's a good idea? They might, no, they might have this in Newcastle. Really? To be honest, because last time I went to Newcastle Airport, I didn't have to take anything out. I didn't take, I didn't also going through the scanner as well. Yeah. Like the body one, I didn't have to take my watch off. I didn't have to, they were like. Yeah, they just haven't got it turned on. Like, no, 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 <laughs> no they, they do. But like, I didn't have to take my phone out of my pocket. They just had like this, this scanner that just took a picture of you. So and maybe Newcastle's already leading the pack. Yeah, that's right. Well, Newcastle is currently undergoing an international expansion. So they're like, they're, there's all these, I've, I've been in Newcastle Airport so many times in the last six months yeah. and it's constantly under construction but they're they're taking those steps they they want they want to be a they want to be a real airport so so I'm, I'm putting it under the good news section because it's less stressful i don't know what the long-term implication mm. is but anyway that's one news story here's another one they're going to find a bible in there yes and 3d ooh. scan of it yeah because it's not just a book okay here's the next one so you know how in the u.s there were massive floods um recently sure in in their winter mm-hmm so now in California, the desert has had what they're calling super blooms. Amazing oh, yeah, yeah. amounts of flowers, right? And they're saying, uh, this is from uh, yesterday, that the flower blooms, these super blooms, are so large that they can now mm-hmm. see it from the space station. Wow. That's how big it is. And the color is so brilliant. If you go on uh, and Google the super bloom of 2023, it is insane. Like, check out some of these. I'll show you here in the studio because you can see it. Mm. This oh, is, that's incredible. It's like just mountains and mountains and mountains of wildflowers. Mm. And um, they're calling it the poppy apocalypse <laughs> just mm. because, you know, Americans do that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And 
Anyway, so what I found interesting is that there are now thousands and thousands of people getting their phones to go out and take selfies of the flowers. Sure. And the park rangers are saying, don't doom the uh, bloom. Yeah. Hashtag, right? Yeah. And so there's people going out there and they're rolling around in the fields trying to get like the perfect Instagram photo and all this sort of stuff. Like killing the flowers. Killing the flowers. And they're wow. like, as you do that, those flowers will not be leaving their seed for the next generation. Yeah. And so anyway, the positive side of it, it's pretty amazing because in this article, which is secular, it says there is something very spiritually uplifting by being amongst all these wildflowers. Mm. And I thought that's kind of interesting, right? Like as... Christians, we look at creation as a sort of a, a handiwork of the Creator, mm. and there is something very spiritual about it. But it it takes a desert to be transformed into this this carpet of flowers and bloom. That mm. for people to go, yeah, there's something spiritually uplifting about being outdoors. Mm. So that was pretty cool. Okay, mm. last story, real quick. Um, I've got a few seconds. Yeah, you got you got a few seconds. Okay, come on. Real quick, the Reserve Bank of Australia is being broken into two parts. Really? And they are well, the board is because of all the interest rates. People are like, "Hey, what's happening here?" So they're splitting the board, and they're going to give the interest rate job, the raising and lowering, to mm. one part of the board. Mm-hmm. And this is what I find absolutely funny by this is that they're saying they're going to make that panel a bunch of experts. Okay, so. That raises the question. Who are they now? Are they experts now or not? Yeah. Who's raising the interest rates? Yeah. They're going to make a board with experts on it to look at the interest rates. Mm. So there's my three stories for the morning. Ah, amazing. And oh, that, that just makes me think. It does, interest rates, well, it's it's needed if we're going to curve inflation. Sure. But yeah, that, that does definitely raise the question. It's like, oh. Who's doing? Is that why we're in a place of inflation? Is because this they is the didn't question running through my mind. Yeah. And then constantly, you know, people say, "Oh, the interest rates are so high. Oh, the interest rates are too low." Like everyone's got an opinion. So, I guess I guess they need that pedal of experts. I'd love to see the credentials. I'd love to see what qualifies. Me too. As an expert. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith of Him. My chair has something to say, apparently. But uh, we are going to continue on with the show with another clue for the quiz that you need to get in to uh, win this mug. And by the way, we did have someone write in and say, like with the correct answer and say, yes, the clue of the Eagles definitely helped. So, so if it wasn't for you, there'd be people missing out. Nah, they probably would have got it anyway, but, yeah. you know. Hey, there's also a comment here about the uh, last story we shared about the RBA. It says, I saw that article this morning about interest rates in the RBA. I thought it was amusing that they need more people that they have to pay to do the job and the RBA should have been... That, that, sorry, I think it should be saying that the RBA should have been doing in the first instance. Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything more on that. Yeah. It's- we're getting the experts now, we're guys. Experts. We've been, we've we been don't know cru- what we've been doing for the last like, been, 30 years. But. We've been cruising, but we're <laughs> kicking it up again. Amazing. The, the people that are currently doing it will be left to do day-to-day operational mm-hmm. decisions. So I'm not sure what that says. Uh, yeah. Moving yeah. on. Is it the second question? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we are sitting here <laughs> waiting for it. We uh, are here on it the is. edge of our seats. Question seat, number two. Uh-huh. Who was the only female judge of Israel? Oh, super easy. Come on, guys. We want zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Who was the only female judge of mm-hmm. Israel for your chance to go into the draw? 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. Text us with the correct answer at that number, and your name will be put in the wheel of names that we'll be able to spin, and you'll be able to win. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and I said that there had been a comparison made between Christianity uh, and how it's exp- expressed, particularly in the United States, is like the, you know, people often refer to Christianity there in, in a political sense as like the Christian right wing. Yeah. Uh, versus, they, they said the, uh, the comparison's been made between the Christian right and the Taliban. Uh, with, Sounds like a he- heated political debate. Let's go for with, it. With uh, Patty Lapone, Le- who is a famous US performer, and they're like a, a Broadway legend. And uh, this woman, she has, you know, been in many, 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 you know, scores of productions. And she is incredibly famous and also has a TV, you know, personality as well. She's, yeah, very famous in this space. She has said that, yeah, I cannot see the difference between the Taliban and Christianity in regards to the treatment of LGBT people. And she's saying particularly regarding legislation made by Republicans. She's like, the way that you're treating the LGBT community is like the Taliban. Mm. And, and you know, they go on to say, like, these are human beings. You know, I could, I could cry because of the way that Christianity treats LGBT people. Because, the, these, you know, these LGBT people, they're not harming anyone. Why are you doing this? Why, you know, why, why are you? And then they go on to say, and I, I'm putting my neck on the line to support the LGBT community. Uh, you know, and, 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 and to stand up against the gross oppression, uh, and hatred coming from Christianity and the Christian right. And I read words like this and I, I actually see just such ignorance mm-hmm. and, and misunderstanding. And also like, particularly when they're saying, I'm putting my neck on the line. Yeah. For this. I, you said that I'm thinking what in Broadway, in Broadway, in the United States, you're putting your neck out on. Okay, sure. Yeah. It's in a place where the LGBT community is the most celebrated. Right. Like, like who's going to take your career over yeah. a, she's going to get canceled Yeah, for putting her neck out. Yeah. Absolutely not. But this comparison of Christianity, the Christian right, those who had, would identify as, as Christian and conservative to the Taliban. Now, we have talked to the Voice of the Martyrs people a number of times. We love having them on the show. Previously, Etienne McClintock and now some other representatives from Voice of the Martyrs who come on and, and they talk about the persecution that's happening all around the world of, of particularly Christians. And Voice of the Martyrs was really instrumental when, when Afghanistan fell in contacting Christians and enabling them to escape and mm. to flee. Right. You know why that is? Because the Taliban was going door to door in Afghanistan to find Christians and execute them. Yep. They would find a Bible in your room and they would, you know, pull out a gun and shoot you. Like that or yeah, put yeah. you up in the firing squad and take you out. That's what was going on. It was That's a cleansing. The, yeah, absolutely. That's what was taking place under under Taliban rule uh, to Christians. I'm sure that persecution in Afghanistan was also faced by the LGBT community in Afghanistan, which is an. In, 
incredible, overwhelming minority, like mm-hmm. uh, in, in, to the point where it's because yeah, Christianity has been illegal in Afghanistan for the longest time, and so you know we wouldn't even know. But but yeah, Christianity on the other hand, yeah, they they were just killing them, mm-hmm. and they were just they were just literally they were just they were just literally just just shooting these people on sight. And so I read statements like this, and as I said, I I am I am shocked and perplexed by the amount of ignorance and and just wanting to be a victim as well yeah wanting to wanting to stand as someone and say yes uh, uh, we are so oppressed. but some of this stuff is actually career building absolutely like you come out with these sorts of statements and mm. you know it makes a person that's on the verge of irrelevance in society and culture to all mm. of a sudden regain their resurgency and fame and you know maybe rank on the twitter handle searches and these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and this particular person, like this performer, Patti LuPone, like she's been in the industry since the 70s, but now she's she's doing a Broadway play that has like been supported by Marvel. Like it's, she's, she, she, she's in the peak of her career, yeah. if anything, or, or in one of the peaks of her career. Uh, and again, making comments that are just so ridiculous and unfounded and that anyone with Google could just like immediately search and come to a, a clear explanation as to why. But again, the, the other claim that she's making is, yeah, just the, the disrespect against the LGBT community, the fact that the LGBT community doesn't harm anyone. And in in the United States, and especially here in Australia, like what claim can we make that legislators are harming the LGBT yeah. community? I, I, I personally can't see it. If there is an example, hey, you can you can let us know. You can give us a call, 0491-064-669. It's probably worth mentioning that there, there is, especially in the United States, there's probably fringes of Christianity, like the like they say, the sure. extremes sure. of extremes that sure. are probably not the perfect representation of Jesus towards anybody. Forget mm-hmm. if they're LGBT yeah. or the... Doesn't matter what and they we are, don't right? associate... And I would not identify as a Christian in that context, that, yeah. that being Christian action either, yeah. right? So I'm not going to say that it doesn't exist in yeah. some realms, right? You know, the, the good old boys in the yeah. South or something, right? But, but as you're saying, right, valid point. Not on the scale of what we're talking about. Like, where's yeah. the legislation in, that we're talking about here in Australia? Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> Where if is anything, it? it's the other way around. I, I really like the point that you're making. There is people on the fringes. Like, one of the most notorious groups in regards to being anti-LGBT is the Westboro Baptist Church, right? Yeah. So they're world famous. The Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. They go to every LGBT event and hold up signs saying, like, God is sending you to hell because you're a disgusting sinner. Yeah. He hates gay people. All this, like, the, things that are in, in, incredibly inflammatory and categorically, like, incorrect about yeah. Christianity. Like, God has died for everyone. He's given his life for all sinners and we're all called to repent. Like, this is clear Christian doctrine that they are going against yeah. with their claims. The Westboro Baptist Church has 50 members. Yeah. And yet they get frontline news with every major yeah. network because it sells the story. Versus the Taliban, which is the governing party of the entire country of Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, who, like, who themselves refer to Afghanistan as, you know, the Emirati nation, the Emirati Islamic nation of Afghanistan run by the Taliban. Yeah. Like, like again, when we think we're about... comparing s- apples with bananas. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and and we're not just sitting here taking shots at the LGBT community. No. But I mean, where we are highlighting just ignorance on these issues and, and what is actually taking place in our world. And highlighting as well, yes, have LGBT people been persecuted? Yes. Have Christians been persecuted? 
Yes. And so if, if anything, we should recognize that there is worldwide persecution of, of every group and, and work as hard as we can to, to show love, compassion and support and help. But that's not going to make me change my views on, on definitely my convictions mm. about, you know, sexual immorality. And what is definitely not going to make me change is people who are in, in that camp calling me a, Taliban member well, look, for you, what I if, believe. Like if you go back to Australia for a second, right? Mm-hmm. Legislative wise, as far as I know, there is no legislation against that community in Australia. Absolutely all, right? not. However, there is legislation in this country mm-hmm. in a particular state where... Oh, damn where, we, we know. We well, know. We, everyone knows. It. It's Victoria. Victoria, right? yeah. So there is legislation in Victoria mm-hmm. that forbids me for praying. Mm-hmm. In certain instances and cases. Yeah. So where's the persecution? Is it towards that community or is it towards the Christian community? The only legislation I see in Australia is that is, you know, discriminatory yeah. at the moment yeah. is towards the, the praying Christian. And this is the thing, like the minority legislatively needs protections because of the fact that they are a minority. Sure. And Christianity have never been afforded those legislative protections because we've never needed them. Because Christianity has been, for the most part, a majority. But we're seeing the landscape change here in Australia. And uh, we'll see the outcomes as we move forward into the future. Hey, right now, this is One Glory with Who at My Door is Standing. We'll be back after this with a powerful interview with one of our speaking pastors. Here at at Big Camp. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and we are going to have another clue for the We want to give away this amazing mission mug. You can listen to Faith FM right off the mug using your phone and a QR code. Okay, question number three. What musical instrument did David play? Oh, okay. You're a muso. I know know exactly what it is. Do you know? there's, There's two possible answers you can give for this. One's the generic everyone knows, and the second one's more of a... A name for the instrument. Mm. Okay, I, I've got a, I've got a name in mind that I know is correct, but I've only got one name. All so, right. well, we'll find out at the end. Hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. Of course, we want to give you free stuff. That's exactly what we're trying to do. So, call or text that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine and tell us what instrument was David, David playing. playing. What's he famous for playing? What's he famous for playing? What is he virtuosic in? You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we've come to our time of interview this morning. And sitting across from us, we've got none other than Pastor Rome, who has been just preaching it up in the young adults. And I've been there every night, and I've been so blessed. And so I called him last night. I'm like, hey, come talk on our radio show. Talk about how it is that God has brought you to the place where you are now living for him, preaching the word, living as a pastor. But, Rome, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you, Rome. Good to see you too, my brother. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, tell us, before you get into that, what you just asked, sure. tell us how, because if I saw you on the street, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily think pastor. No. So tell me, have you always been in, in the like, sense no. of ministry? No. Tell no. us that there real quick. Yeah, no, I've n- never always uh, been in ministry. I grew up in a family that was divided. My father wasn't religious. My mother was the only religious person, but... My father had this sort of attitude where it was like uh, his way or the highway. Right. And there was no religion at home. And so, yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, uh, what centered you on Christ, on the calling to ministry? The conversion of my father. Really? Yeah. Yeah, my father's conversion. Uh, for me, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I would never have appealed to Christianity. 
yeah. had it not been for that reconciliation process between me and my father. Right. I grew up my whole life uh, looking up to him, and we had this broken relationship. Mm. I walked away from home, and it was I was done with it. I was done mm. with being at home. Uh, I was done having that relationship with him. Um, but he reached out to me uh, in my uh, mid-20s. Right. And uh, wanted to make wow. things right. Mm. And so we, we had that conversation. And, um, you know, that conversation was meaningful for me because my whole life I've always, you know, tried to, you know, let him know how much I, you know, how much I loved him growing up. But yeah. then after all the pain, and I, I just kind of like gave up on that and walked away. Mm. But as soon as um, we had that, that meaningful connection, because um, I had a son myself at the time. Mm. And I really wanted my son to, 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 to grow up in a, in, in a better environment than I grew up in. Right. And so um, here's my father talking to me about Christianity. And so here's me looking at my son, hoping to raise him in a better environment. And so I looked into Christianity myself. And that began the journey from 2006 up until 2008 of looking into Christianity for myself. And I was mm. baptized and came into ministry. Wow. Mm. So where are you yeah. from originally? Uh, Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, parents are from Samoa. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 2000, what did you say, about eight? Yeah, about 2008. Is, is that when, was the beginning. That's when you, you're all in yep. with Jesus. Yep, all in for mm. Jesus. So how did you go from that to pastoral? So um, the, the thing was, is within those two years, from 2006 through to 2007, uh, I'd say those are the two years where I was just kind of doing my own research into Christianity as a worldview first. Mm. Right, right. Uh, going from Christianity as a worldview to um, Adventism. Yep. And I remember when I was like, like, I read ferociously through many, you know, many books just trying to understand for myself the idea of Christianity, what, what it's, you know, what's it all about? And, um, you know, from, from Christianity, I looked into Adventism mm-hmm. and around 2007, November, uh, I was baptized as mm-hmm. an Adventist. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, is that I hadn't yet attended any church. Wow. Mm-hmm. I had gone to no church. I had just been studying, you know, Christianity for myself. And I remember I picked up the phone and I called the, the, the closest church to me yeah. to tell them, I'm ready to be baptized into your church. They're like, who are you? They don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and so I call up, um, you know, Central, Central Coast and um, there's a, there a newly church plant there. And um, mm. Wayne, uh, Wayne Krause, mm. yeah, he was the... The, the, the pastor there and I caught them up and I said, man, I'm, I want to get baptized. Pastors love those sort of phone calls. <laughs> it's like, well, you, you pray for those phone calls. Yeah. Amen. Mm. And so I asked, asked to get baptized and uh, he, he sends over this uh, associate pastor and um, he, he was just new into ministry as well, his first year of ministry. And he comes out to meet, to meet uh, both my wife and I out in uh, Newcastle. Mm. And uh, we had this conversation and then he says, oh, we're going to take you through Bible studies. And I said, oh, okay. And his Bible studies that he came prepared to do was Matthew five, and he was going through the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I didn't want to. I didn't, didn't want to stop him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And so at the end of the the, the Beatitudes, uh, we had something uh, to drink and something to talk about. And uh, as he was about to to leave, I asked him a question. I said to him, in Daniel eight. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yep. He, he dropped the Daniel eight bomb. <laughs> yeah. I said to him, in in in, in Daniel eight. Uh, it speaks about these four horns. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, then this this horn comes out of nowhere. Um, the, the little horn. The little horn. And mm-hmm. and I said to him, uh, look, I've, I've looked at those who have a preterist approach to that uh, prophecy and then those who have so a So you're telling this like the intern pastor. You're yes, telling this I'm to telling the intern pastor. Nice, nice. And he's like looking at me thinking, okay. Um, the attitudes wasn't the right spot to right. start. Uh, he says, tell me what else you know. Yeah, and so that generated a conversation where he ended up looking at me saying, "Let me just go and talk to my pastor, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to you." Because um, yeah, I think I think we really need to have a, a proper conversation. Mm. And from there, we uh, you know, uh, pastor calls me up, uh, Pastor Wayne Krause, and has a little talk with me about mm. you know, um, tell me about the twenty eight fundamental beliefs of the church. Yeah, and and I told him. You know, one to twenty-eight, and mm. then I said to him, um, "You know, I've been studying this thing for the last, you know, two two years. I came to a conviction just a few nights ago. I desperately just want to give my life to God, and desperately mm. want to wow. find a way in which Amen. I can get into ministry." He's Amen. like, "Wow, we'll baptize you tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the same same year I was baptized, um, went went to Avondale, yep. and um, wow, began. So you studied ministry then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Studied ministry. Yeah. So you graduated, obviously. Yes. And then uh, from there, what happened? Um, I graduated. I was here at uh, North New South Wales Conference, and um, I started my ministry off uh, at Kempsey. Mm-hmm. Um, I was over at Kempsey as a chaplain and also an associate pastor there. Um, from Kempsey, uh, moved over to Armadale, and so I was involved in church planting, church revitalization, and um, doing a you know, the whole time, uh, you know, discovering who I am as mm, yeah. you know, in, in ministry. And so, you know, found a passion for evangelism. From there, moved uh, back to Newcastle uh, to join the evangelism team through the school evangelism program. Mm. And so we worked with many of the schools here. Uh, invited to speak in 2019 in San Diego for a, uh evangelism conference, the e-huddle. Mm-hmm. And there I met the uh, the Washington Conference crew was there and they invited me to speak for a camp meeting um in washington in 2019 and from there um they poached you <laughs> got the opportunity to go and uh, minister overseas so that's, that's so you're you, you currently serve in the united states yes currently uh serving at the auburn adventist academy church as the senior pastor there mm, wow yeah so you you have a lot of students there that- yeah yeah we yeah we, we've got like uh you know 350 uh, students over at um, the academy. Mm-hmm. So you're just back here in Australia at the moment for this big camp. Yes, just here for for big camp. It's you know haven't been back since uh, since since the pandemic. You know once wow. we yeah we, we we crossed over in February. Uh, I get a phone call from my brother. He says I got bad news and I got bad news. I said to him, <laughs> <laughs> what's the bad news? He says, dude, um, you're not coming back anytime soon. We got like thirty-seven thousand Australians stranded all over the world. They're not coming back home. The borders are closed. Uh-huh. And I said, "Dude," and then he says, "And you're going to the very place in America where the pandemic first, you know, started. <laughs> <laughs> COVID first started right there in Washington. So wow. it was crazy." Yeah. So you're back over here. Um, you're one of the speakers in one of the tents. We yes. have these like these venues here, and I'm a speaker here as well. And so I haven't had a chance to listen to anything you have said. But every single morning, Lawson comes in here. He's just like. Dude, it was shredded last oh. night. It was dripping. I'm no, like, no, he's got all the about? terminology wrong. But no, we we have we've been so blessed. 
so far. I think, I think, yeah, reflecting on the messages each night, it's ultimately, it's this gospel. Right. So sharing, you know, what is the good news of the Bible and what is then the, our response to it? What are we supposed to do? And I think the thing that I've been seeing there and that I've been inspired by, I'm sure you can reflect as well, is, uh, is, is that when we, when we look and we understand the gospel, it then should inspire us into action. And that's what the young people have been charged with. And it's the perfect age to charge it with them. You're looking at people who usually aren't married, usually mm-hmm. don't have a mortgage, usually don't have kids, who are right. in their in their final years of high school education or their, their years of tertiary education. It is the perfect time to and be they've charged got with a call. Yeah, they've got energy, yeah. they've got times, they don't have means, but they don't need means because God provides. It's they're in the perfect place, the perfect opportunity to be used by Jesus. And that's what that's what you've been inspiring yeah. people to do. So, Rome, is that is that ba- your theme? Uh, this gospel is that based on Matthew twenty four fourteen? Yes, that's correct. So, why don't you give us a summary for this? Because I haven't been to a single presentation. As I said, <laughs> we're speaking at the same time. Give us a summary of what you've been talking about. So, as as Christians all over the world, we know that the good news, the the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, His kingdom, uh, this this gospel transforms lives. Mm. Um, I'm one to be transformed by that my father was one that was transformed by that it's like uh the the, the gospel in itself it's it's, it's it's such a potent message that once mm. people hear it um you're, you're never the to, same again you're never the same mm. whether you're the rich young ruler that walks away with your head down mm-hmm. or you're the one that falls in front of jesus giving your life you're never the same you're going to be truly convicted, convicted mm. to act, mm. convicted to walk away, or convicted mm. to do something. It's like C.S. Lewis says, what do we do with this Jesus? Right. Mm. What are we going to do with him? Mm. And so, you know, for me, I think that um, the world needs to hear it. And Matthew chapter 24 tells us that the, the world will need to hear this before yep. Jesus returns. And so everyone will have a, an opportunity, you know, to respond. And so I think that every Christian... Um, that 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 has given his life to, to Jesus has an obligation, mm. and that obligation is to share uh, the good news of Jesus and what He's done. And so, uh, every night we've been just just unpacking um, what Jesus, what His central message has been. What was what what is it that Jesus came to do? Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, anti Wright, you know, once wrote that the central theme or the main focus of what Jesus came to do was to reveal the Father. Mm. Everything else comes as a byproduct of that. It's like, he's our example. Yes, he's our example because he came to reveal the Father. He came to pay the penalty of sin. Yes, Mm. he paid the penalty of sin because he's revealing the Father. I mean, Mm. all of Christianity is divided into two camps. You've got like the Arminianist and you've got the Calvinist. Mm. Right. Whenever I whenever I talk to people about like um, certain doctrines and, and so forth, um, you're either in one camp or the or the other. And and, and so when whenever you look at those two camps, what 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 are they emphasizing? Mm-hmm. In one camp, you know, with Calvinism, they emphasize the the sovereignty, sovereignty of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you look over at the um, uh, Arminianists, and this is where Adventists find themselves as well, is because the central focus is on the character of God. Mm. And so uh, with Adventism, we, we have this theme called the great controversy, and it's over the character of God, an accusation on his, on his character, and, and, and in the end, there's this vindication. Mm. And there's no greater vindication than, you know, the cross, which reveals, you know, who God is. Mm. And, 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 and Paul, unapologetically, everywhere he went, I 
preach Jesus, mm. you know, crucified and resurrected. He talks about the power of, of, of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so, you know, uh, whenever I, I, I meet a young person and a young person says they're leaving, you know, not just leaving the church, leaving they're leaving the faith. The faith. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I'm always shocked, shocked because <laughs> it's, it's, have you heard the gospel? Yeah. And unfortunately, they many haven't. Of, they haven't. Yeah, that's, mm. the, that's the only reason you leave. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you walk away from a church and go to another church, yes, yeah, sure. But that relationship um, with Jesus, mm. uh, I, I think it was Billy Graham that tells the story about uh, uh, an old friend that had become this, you know, a, a strong, you, you know, advocate for atheism mm. and um, finally bumps into to, to, to Billy Graham years later and he tries to challenge Billy Graham and his beliefs. Um, and in the end, Billy Graham starts talking about the person of Jesus Christ and gets past all the church, um, you know, church atrocities that yeah, he was bringing yeah, yeah. up. He gets past all of that and starts talking about the person of Jesus Christ. And immediately, the guy who was so mad at Christianity because of the church and politics and all these sorts of things starts pondering on Jesus for that small moment, that, 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 that little moment of time. And then he says, you're right. Jesus has never done anything to hurt me. Wow. Yeah. And he says, I actually miss him. Mm. So, so, so you see, you, you, you can get mad and walk away, but the gospel will always be there. You know, that seed what, is, that seed is yeah. always there. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, what he's done for you. And so, so for me, it's like, yeah, I can get frustrated at times of, you know, because of life and because of things that happen in life. But every time I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, my response is always, you know, like, God, forgive me. God, 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 help me. Mm. God, God, get me through this. Mm. And, and so I want that same experience for, for our young people, especially those, you know, today's day and age. So what, mm. what advice would you give to someone who might be listening right now, a young person, any person that's just like, you know, in that, in that space where they're like, yeah, maybe, I think that there may be evidence for God, but I'm not sure. Like, how would, how would you speak to that person and encourage them, hey, you've got to experience this good news that Jesus came to right, give? Right. What would you say to them? I'd say, you know, the first thing is, is like, just like anything else, you want to experience something, experience it for yourself. You know, a, a lot of people, you know, tend to say that they know about things, but they've never found out for themselves. They know mm. secondhand. And if you're the person that you're really seeking for me, um, I thought that Christianity was just pure illogical. Mm. Yeah. I, just, I just thought it was <laughs> illogical for me. But, you know, things that were happening in my life uh, at the time, just, just the, there were just things that were happening that I couldn't explain. And, and, and I found myself in that place where I had no choice but to appeal to the e-logic now. Yes. Mm. And so when you fall into a place where, 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 where you want to, like, you, you want to try something that could, you know, basically transform your life. And if you look at Christianity, Christianity has been around for, a, you know, for more than 2,000 years. Mm. And, and there's no worldview that's ever shaped, you know, Western civilization like Christianity mm. has done. And, and, and you look into it for yourself and you start looking into the gospels. You start looking into John, for, for example, and you start reading those first few chapters. I could not even get past chapter four without breaking down in front of my Bible because it seems as though the, you know, you begin the journey by reading the scriptures and then all of a sudden the scripture feels as if it's reading you. Mm, wow. And so, you know, when, 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 there's something about the Bible that separates it from any other book. You've never read the book before. I encourage you to read the book. And even if you're not a reader, read like one verse a day or something. Mm. Or just, just, you don't have to read like, whenever I talk to somebody about reading the Bible, they always think like, oh man, that's such a big book. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's 66 books. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a library of books. 
and and I would encourage you know read read John. John is mm. is an easy book to read, mm. and, and and those first three you know chapters um, digest it. It has a way of challenging us and opening wow. our eyes. To, to the world that we live in. Absolutely. Rome, thank you so much for sharing. And we're going to be continuing on the show and getting into some, some Bible study after this. If, if you're free, hang around and, and, and get into it. But hey, right now we're going to continue on. This is Acapella Ridge with The Battle Belongs to the Lord. In heaven we are, we will enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. When the power of darkness comes in like a flood, the battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a standard, the power of his blood. The battle belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. When your enemy presses in hard, do not fear, the battle belongs to the Lord. Encourage, my friend, your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.